Friday, June 1st, 2020. This is going to be one of those episodes where it might be a lot of rambling, it might be short and sweet. Uh, I'm not even sure. I don't really have anything scripted out for this, so I'm just kind of winging it. It's crazy how we've gone from coronavirus to uh, the murder of George Floyd and what's going on in the country as a result of that. And of course, tempers are flaring. There's a lot of anger, a lot of rage, um, and rightfully so. When I, which I guess is, well, let me just say, um, I have a lot of vocal friends on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, even in normal times, they're they're not activists, but they're acting like activists all the time, basically tweeting or, or clamoring about this or that very loudly. I tend to be a, a more quiet, subtle voice. Uh, I try not to bash people over the head with my views. I try to take my time to do some research and, and also let my emotions settle down uh, and that's especially the case with the murder of George Floyd. I I don't even think I've sat down and watched the the entire clip. I think the, I think it's been circulating. There's like an eight minute or nine minute version, and it, honestly, it it sickens me so much. Uh, just the little bit of it that I've seen, um, it's infuriating. And the first time I watched it, and uh, the guy's got his knee on his neck and I'm just sitting there yelling at the screen like, dude, get the fuck off him. And he just has his knee pressed to his neck. And yeah, I'm not, we've all seen it by now. I'm not going to get all into it. But the point that I want to make here is that it's, it's infuriating to watch. It's sickening to watch. It's disgusting. And... I don't know anyone, regardless of your race, I don't know anybody who can watch that and not feel disgusted. You know, as far as I see it, you know, if, if, you, if you watch that video and you, and it doesn't cause some sort of reaction in you, I, I don't know, you must be sociopathic or, or something. But um, anyway, I guess... The, the main point I want to talk about here is emotions and the power of emotions, but also what do we do with all of these emotions? And this goes back into the last couple of months of the dealing with the pandemic, um, but also now dealing with all the civil unrest and the protesting and the clamor for justice and the, the vitriol, the hate, the fear, everything happening in, in our society right now. Obviously, emotions are flaring, and rightfully so. Um, but again, the question is, what do we do about it? I think everyone can agree that, or no, nah, nah, I can't say that. Not everyone will agree. Most, most everyone, a lot of people will agree that there's truly something wrong with our society, uh, in terms of race relations, in terms of police brutality. C 
clearly there's something wrong. I mean, again, I don't know how you can watch that video and say, oh yeah, there's nothing wrong. There's no, there's no racism. Obviously racism is a thing, uh, not just here in America, but elsewhere in the world as well. Uh, racism, unfortunately, is everywhere. And it's not going away tomorrow. It's not going away anytime soon, unfortunately. As for what to do about it, it's not like I'm going to sit here and proclaim a solution or a, a protocol or, or the proper measures we should take. I mean, obviously, to me, the first step is holding that officer accountable for what he has done. And I think uh, the last I heard, he has been arrested. I, I heard um, the four officers on the scene have all been fired, and he has been arrested for, I believe, manslaughter and third-degree murder. So, of course, we're all going to keep an eye on the trial and what's going on there. But there needs to be justice, right? Because if people aren't held accountable for their, let's face it, criminal actions, of course there's going to be chaos in society. Um, that goes for whether you're a cop or whether you're a looter. You know, actions have consequences. You can't just get away with murdering somebody. You can't just get away with throwing a brick, you know, into a target window or stealing a, a TV. It's like, no matter who you are, you know, if we're going to live in a society. You know, we're living in a society. <laughs> we're supposed to act in a civilized way. And I guess some people just want chaos. Some people want anarchy. Fine, that's what they want. But that's not currently what we have had for a long time or ever. You know, we're a nation of laws. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm just saying that's the way we've t typically structured our society is there's laws and everyone has to obey the laws if we're all going to coexist. Thankfully, they're not religious laws like Sharia law or whatever, because that would be that would be quite scary in my opinion. But we do have laws. Um, a lot of the laws I probably disagree with. Most people would disagree at various laws that we have, but I don't want to get all into the nitty-gritty of that, but the point is we live in a law-based society. And if people don't adhere to the laws that we have, there's going to be chaos. And that goes for police officers as well. You know. And, you know, there's that whole quote with from Uncle Ben or whatever in Spider-Man where it's like with, with great power comes great responsibility you know that, that's something I think about when I look at the cops you know if you're going to be a cop if you're going to put yourself in that situation fine you're 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 choosing to put yourself at risk I understand it's a very dangerous job but uh, that's what you signed up for so you know again not just with this, but with everything. It's like actions have consequences. So if you are going to be a police officer, you are putting your own life at risk willingly to go and do the job that you've chosen to do. And with that job, there is a lot of power and responsibility. I've seen this when living in New York City. I've seen a lot of bravado and cops just kind of, they can do whatever the hell they want. And I have stories of my own. I'm not going to get all into that now, but, you know, basically you see cops walking around and I'm not black. 
but I'm not white either. I don't know how white people would feel about it, but, you know, I, I definitely do a quick take if I see a cop around and I think, oh, wait, am I doing something wrong right now? And I, and maybe this is a, a Christian, an ex-Christian thing of mine, a reflex, where I always inherently feel sinful or bad. So my first inclination, my first feeling is like, oh, am I doing something wrong? Or am I, am I sinning in some way? Or am I bad in some way? Or am I breaking the law in some way? So anytime I see a cop, that, that's kind of my first impulse. And I don't know. I'd be curious if a lot of white people uh, get that impulse as well. Or maybe that's all part of white privilege that you all never feel that way. If you see a cop, you don't shudder for a second. You don't flinch. I don't know. I'd be really curious. So um, I haven't really developed a, a feedback system for the podcast yet, but for whatever new people are listening or friends, if you are white, I guess we could kind of consider that like a question of the day. Um, genuinely, there's no right or wrong answers here. I just, I'm just curious. I want to know. If you are white, whenever you see cops, it could be a black cop, an Asian cop, a white cop, whatever. You know, if you're walking around as a pedestrian and you see a cop, I'd be, I'm, I just really want to know, how do you feel? Do you flinch? Do you second guess what you're doing in that moment? Are you nervous? Do you feel anything? I don't, or is it kind of like they're just a tree in the background? You don't even notice. I, I would love to hear from um, any of my, <laughs> any of my white listeners, what your visceral, natural reaction is when you see cops around. And again, like I, I'm not, I'm not taking sides in this. I'm just genuinely curious, um, and I would love to hear from people about that. But all that being said, I, I really don't want this episode to just be about talking about cops and police and, and, and all that. There's certainly a lot of dialogue about that online, and I don't really necessarily need to add to that. But what I, one of the, but kind of back to what I wanted to talk about today, which is emotions and the power of emotions and what it kind of means to get our emotions under control. Because... I don't know. I, again, like I'm not making any declarations here. I'm not talking. I'm not saying one way is right or wrong or whatever. I'm just trying to observe how other people operate and think about how I operate, and also trying to think about what's optimal for myself, what's optimal for others, what's optimal for the betterment of all of us together collectively as a community, as a society. Because what I see on Facebook, what I I would probably, it's probably even worse on Twitter, but I, I honestly don't check Twitter that much. But what I see on Facebook is people feel something and they immediately just launch into it with a Facebook post, just an angry diatribe, or they post a link that they probably haven't even read the whole thing themselves, but they post it because the headline matches exactly how they're feeling in that moment. And they, they want to post that and get that out there and and then their friends like it and, and click the angry icon on it or whatever. And it, it makes people feel better. Because otherwise, what can you do? I think because when it comes to emotions, you, you don't want to bottle it up. You don't want to hold it in. Because that's going to ultimately do you a lot of harm. I mean, physically to your body. If, if you're angry all the time, if you're upset all the time, and you don't voice it, 
if you don't express it in some way, and you just bottle it up and hold it in, that is just not gonna work out for you well in the long run. So I do think it's good to somehow, you know, be in touch with your emotions. With I think a lot of people, they're in touch with their emotions to the sense that they feel something, you know, that that's real and palpable and they don't just bury it. They do something with it. And what tends to be the case nowadays is they post on Facebook or they post on Twitter immediately. Just get it out there. And again, I'm not putting any labels on that. It's not as a good thing or a bad thing. It is what it is. When I think about how I have been handling this George Floyd murder, of course I felt a lot. I, I Like I said, when I first saw the video, when I, I felt disgust and anger and rage, quite honestly. It's sickening. It's angering. It, it just is. Like I said, if you don't feel anything, you're, you're probably sociopathic. But at the same time, I felt all that. I think I mostly just ended up talking privately with a few friends about it. But again, I'm completely isolated in quarantine. So I'm not able to converse with friends and family in person about it. It's all just a phone call here, some text messaging there. But I didn't immediately post anything on Facebook or or Twitter or on my blog or I, I didn't make a podcast episode right away. I could have. Like I said, a lot of my friends have. I could have, but I don't know. I just felt like I don't know. Maybe that's just my personal criteria for putting something out there. And I've probably become even more careful in this regard, given the nature of censorship and free speech and all of these debates going on these days, is that it's almost like I don't want to put something out there that would be deemed inappropriate or hurtful or offensive um, or misinformed if it's purely just coming from a raw emotional state that I'm in, right? Therefore, I kind of just wanted to get more facts of the story and kind of, you know, read some articles about it, watch some more videos about it, um, see how this thing is unfolding, read my friends' posts. I just kind of wanted to get a sense of what's going on here before I contributed my voice to the, I can't even say dialogue, um, or conversation because it's just, I don't know what you call it. I mean, pandemic is a good word for what's going on with the the virus and all that, but I don't know what the right word is for what's going on in our country right now. Whether Just the words, there's probably a, a perfect word for it that I can't think about right now, but um, conversation, dialogue, uh, debate, none of these words really seem to be the right word to describe what's happening in our country right now. So whatever it is, I don't know, I just, I've been kind of sitting back not saying a whole lot. And I, I had some ideas. I had some ideas creatively, like maybe, you know, write some things in a sketchbook, scan that, post that about police brutality or about George Floyd specifically. Or, you know, I thought about doing that, but I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like, of course, I didn't, I never want to be disrespectful. I never want to be like, um, I don't want to feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon because everybody else is is doing something to, 
I don't want to just call it virtue signaling in this in this aspect, but whatever you want to call it, sometimes I just feel like I guess one way you can put it is sometimes I feel I felt kind of floored by this whole thing. And I felt kind of speechless because it's so disgusting, it's so appalling, and I just feel Those emotions I have are quite raw, the anger, the disgust. But in terms of channeling that into words, into constructive words, into words that are meaningful or, you know, that offer something of value to the quote-unquote dialogue or whatever you want to call it. And I, I didn't have those words. I didn't have the thoughts to add something worthwhile to the equation. So I remained rather quiet these first several days after the murder of George Floyd. And one thing I've started to see from some of my very loud, quote unquote, activist friends is I've started to see a lot of posts that are like, you know, if you're not saying anything about this, if you're not speaking out about it, if you're not, you know, so on and so forth, that that basically you're part of the problem. Um, You are you know, on the side of evil, um, you're allowing evil to be perpetrated, uh, and you know, this kind of, this kind of rhetoric. And I don't know, it it kind of sounded like, like if you're a, a German citizen and you're watching the Nazis take away the Jews and you're not saying or doing anything about it, that you're part of the problem, you know? And I see my friends, some of, not all my friends, but some of my friends posting that kind of rhetoric and Again, it's not really taking into consideration what I just outlined here in this podcast episode so far in terms of not everyone is going to get on a soapbox and start yelling and screaming as a means of of solving the problem or making things better. And I think in general, this is something that needs to be taken into consideration. And and this goes back to the pandemic situation as well, is that I feel like there's often a failure to account for individuality and how every person is different and how we've got introverts and extroverts and shy people. We've got autistic people. We've got gay and transgender people. We've got women. We've got men. We've got children, boys, girls, old people, seniors. I mean, not everyone is going to visibly react in the same way, in the same prescribed way. I get it. I'm, I'm, the default reaction for everybody should be when you see the George Floyd video, everyone should be outraged. Everyone should be angry. Everyone should feel disgusted, right? I think we can probably all agree that should be the boilerplate reaction that every human being should have. Now, I don't know what the percentages are. I'm 90%, 95% of people probably did feel that way. Maybe there's actually, no, that's probably not that many. There's probably a racist pocket of, you know, KKK members out there, whatever. So they were probably happy to see that kind of thing. What percentage of the population that is? I don't know. Maybe 2%, 1%. And then there's probably another subset of the population that just doesn't really care. Maybe they're nihilistic about everything. 
and they just don't really give a fuck about anybody else. So maybe that's more like 5%. I don't know. But the point is, regardless of how angry you are or what, whatever it is you're feeling, I guess for me personally, I just don't, I'm just not on board with the whole shaming thing and shaming other people who are either not acting like you're acting or they don't have the same exact views as you have or whatever the case may be. Um, because, for example, somebody could be really angry and outraged about the George Floyd thing, as I was, but I wasn't posting anything about it on Facebook for the first few days, and I've explained my reasons why. Now, to some of my more vocal activist friends, they might look at me and think, oh, you don't care? Why are you not doing anything? Why are you not posting anything? Why are you not shouting and screaming about this atrocity? And... Like I said, there's a lot of reasons for that. Secondly, I just don't even post that much on Facebook in general. And that's a whole nother tangent I could go on about in terms of just, I could just go on about Facebook by itself. But I'm not going to go fully into a tangent about Facebook, but I will say this. Not just recently, but especially recently. But in general, for the last couple of years, the more time I spend on Facebook, the worse I feel. And... It could be for political reasons, it could be for just generally social reasons, whatever. Um, but the net result of it is I feel worse off after spending time on Facebook than I did before I checked out Facebook. So with that understanding, it's kind of like, why would I want to spend more time on Facebook, period? Either posting more things myself or reading what other people have posted if the general feeling of it is one of toxicity in my system, why do I want to inject that into my system on a daily basis? I don't. I don't. And the problem is right now, without being able to see people in person anymore because of the pandemic and all that, all I have, my only means of connection with other people is seemingly through Facebook. I mean, with my closest friends, I'm talking on the phone or texting with them every day. So that's great. But for everybody else who's in my life, to whatever degree, I do have a pretty, 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 pretty wide social network. And I, and I do enjoy remaining connected to the people in my life uh, that I've met over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, I've met some really interesting, talented funny, cool people. So even if they're just acquaintances or we're not super close, uh, I still, in theory, enjoy remaining connected to them and occasionally popping in to see what they're up to. But again, back to my point, um, I don't like to spend a lot of time on Facebook. So I'm not going to say anything more about that right now, but just to try to wrap this up a little bit here so I can stay on the topic of emotions and um, I don't know. I just want to put that out there. Uh, I don't know how much other people think about this kind of thing or if it's just me because I'm a super introverted overthinker, but I really have been thinking about emotions lately. They are obviously part of being a human being. That's undeniable. So I guess the question is, uh, are you going to be ruled by your emotions or are you going to feel your emotions let them flow through you 
and sort of begin to use your mind to process the emotions and at that point almost kind of sober up from the rush of feeling the raw emotions and then think not just feel but think about how you feel and how it's a response to what has happened in the world and then think about like okay now how am i going to channel these emotions what would be the most fruitful use of my time and energy given that I feel these things very strongly. I don't know, just something to think about. Um, what do you do with your emotions? What is the healthiest way of genuinely feeling your emotions? Again, not burying them, but at the same time, not just immediately hurling your emotions on other people. I think there's a, a middle ground there. There's a fine line where I feel like, and again, I don't wanna call it the right way, because all of this is so subjective. I don't think there's a right way. I'm just thinking, again, about my own life, but I'm also raising the question so that others can think about this as they examine their own lives and their own reactions and their, how they handle emotions and anger. Yeah, I, I, I just think there's something to that not being ruled by your emotions and not letting it dictate your actions but being fueled by your emotions, combining the feelings with rational thought. I think that is probably the best general solution in terms of handling strong, powerful emotions and channeling that into some form of action or reaction. To me, that just seems like the healthiest response for yourself as the individual, but also with all the other people you will come in contact with, whether online or in person. So yeah, why don't we leave it with that? Just trying to give you some food for thought. You know, I'm curious too, how you guys are all doing during the pandemic, as always, and also how you are feeling during the latest craze um, with, with all the riots and everything post-George Floyd murder. Again, I would be, I would love to hear from you to all my white friends, to all my white listeners, and uh, I don't care. I don't care about whether you're white or not, really. Um, when it comes to this, uh, whoever's listening, I'm just curious to hear how you are processing what's happening in the world and what's going on with your emotions and if you have any advice or anything that's working for you that might be helpful working for others, I'd love to hear about it. What you could do, actually, uh, if you have any thoughts on emotions and handling emotions, but also social media, also police brutality, uh, whatever the case, I'd love to hear from you during this time. You can drop an email to podcast at introversion.com. And whatever you write to me, you know, if you want to just include a little note at the end, whether you would like it to remain private to just me, or if you don't mind me sharing it on the next podcast, that would be cool. Because I'd love to have this be a little bit, you know, interactive and a back and forth. I would love to share some of my listeners' thoughts to other listeners of the podcast. I think that would be a really cool thing and keep this fresh. And so it's not always just my perspective 
uh, even with solo episodes. Of course, in the last episode, we got Tommy Danger's perspective, which I quite enjoyed, and I hope you all did too. But I would love to hear. I would love to hear more voices. I would love to hear more perspectives and more ideas, more thoughts from other people as well. So yeah, uh, feel free to shoot an email to podcast at introversion.com and uh, perhaps I will share some of those responses in a future episode. And with that, I will say adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. Until next time. Lost in